It's time to get into the swing of Sun Devil Softball. From Tempe, Arizona, this is the Club Farrington Fellas Podcast with your hosts, David and Jude. Hello and welcome to the Club Farrington Fellows Podcast, the Arizona State Softball Podcast, episode number two. My name is Jude Binkley and I'm joined here with David Rodish. David, we are at the dawn of a new season of Sun Devil Softball. How are you feeling? I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve, man. This season cannot come any sooner. Tomorrow cannot come any sooner. Absolutely. Feeling great about this year. And today is going to be the second of our two preview episodes before the season starts. And today we'll be looking at the roster, some familiar faces, who's returning, as well as some new names to look out for as well. So I don't really have anything else to say before we get into it. This is going to be a pretty fun lineup. Softball America listed them as a top three lineup to watch this season. And of course, they're ranked number 16 right now preseason in the NFCA and USA Today poll. So we're going to start off this episode like an away team and hit the bats first. And we'll go through last year's starters and then work our way down to the freshmen. And then we'll do the same thing with pitching later on. But I think a big thing to talk about, first of all, is this kind of core group of seniors. There's only one member of the senior class who isn't returning. That was Samantha Mejia, the pitcher. But there's four five-year players on this roster now. A very experienced core group. And we'll start off with the leadoff. Center fielder Kendra Hackbarth, a fifth-year player. One of five players on the team who started all 29 games last season. She batted 443 and had six home runs. She is a preseason first-team All-American. And she's also on the Player of the Year watch list. She was ranked number six last year in Softball America's Top 100 Players. And she led the team with 39 hits, and uh, that also led the Pac-12 Conference as well. So one of the big bats, one of the big names on this team. David, what can you tell me about Kendra Hackbarth? Kendra is everything you want as a lead-off hitter. Consistently gets on base, gets good hits. Great in every facet. She's a great fielder, leader of the team. Does everything you want, does the dirty work, works hard, gets everybody ready. Six home runs last year to go with her 39 hits. A solid, not solid, fantastic slugging percentage, 0.795. Doesn't love a good slugging percentage. I know I do. And uh, yeah, I mean, definitely her sister is the one who's known for the batting and her ability in the batter's box. But, you know, definitely do not underestimate Kendra Hackbarth. She will get you. She will She will get hers. And let's talk about her twin sister behind the plate, Maddie Hackbarth, also in her fifth year. Played all 29 games, started all 29 games. Batted 350 with nine home runs, which was tied for first on the team. We'll get to who she's tied with next. She's a preseason third-team All-American. And David, you love slugging percentage. She leads the Pac-12. She led the Pac-12 last year, excuse me, with an 835 slugging percentage. She also was the one who coined the team's motto or slogan on the boat, which I thought was interesting and I didn't know. The really big badger, the big power hitter on this team and I think she'll continue that this season. Yeah, that's crazy. I uh, I thought Trisha Ford was the one who came up with the uh, on-the-boat things. That's really cool. Good for her. Very innovative, just like ASU. Um, yeah, I mean, incredible hitter. She was on a one-woman mission last year to destroy the ASU home run record. 
and she very easily could have done that if there was a whole full season plate. Fortunately, of course, that did not turn out, but I think this year that will again be her goal. That's what she's known for. She's an incredible catcher, but her dangerous abilities with the bat is what makes her such a special player and what makes her so integral to this team. And she's part of that home run race that happened last season with now sophomore shortstop Alina Torres coming off of a phenomenal freshman year, started all 29 games, won that shortstop battle, batted 395, 34 hits, 31 RBIs, and 9 home runs. She's from right here, Cactus High School in Glendale. She's ranked as the 6th best sophomore in the country, and I imagine she's coming back in her second season as another massive batting presence and really only continuing to improve. What an incredible start for her. That's really the focus of what 2020 was with the emergence of Alina Torres. Before last season, I think that she thought that she could get a lot of time in at third base. But with Jade Gortares transferring right before the season started, that really opened it up for Alina Torres to slide into the shortstop position and really cement herself in the starting group. Boy, did she not disappoint Nine home runs. I don't know what was more of an intense race. I don't know if it was the arms race and the space race of the USSR and the United States in the Cold War, or whether it was this home run race between Alina Torres and Maddie Hackbarth. That was incredible. They were both lights out last year, really getting each other. And man, I'll tell you what, they are hitting partners. I don't know. If I I were playing on this team, I would try to get really close to them and and learn from them because they are both phenomenal. And David, I know you recently did a story about Alina Torres for the State Press, so you got the chance to talk to her. How does she feel coming into the season? Just like every other player I've been fortunate enough to talk to, man, they are excited to get back into it. They're hungry. She focused a lot on staying consistent, not falling for, you know, stuff, you know, going in there with a plan, sticking to that plan, all around consistency in every facet of the game, whether it be in the batter's box, making routine plays at the shortstop position. And again, like every single player, she's just excited to get back out there. And she was one of two of the very dynamic freshman duo that we saw on the field last year. Joined with outfielder Jasmine Hill coming back for her sophomore season. Started all 29 games, batted 358 with five home runs. A lot of home run hitters on this team. And she is also on that top sophomore list by Softball America, ranked the 16th sophomore in the country. Last season, she had 31 runs, which was the most among freshmen in the country. Yeah, she was incredible. And you cannot forget her debut performance at Kajikawa Classic when she nailed a home run on her first collegiate at-bat. What a story. That was an incredible moment. A lot of fun to watch her around the bases, smacking at her arm. That was very, very fun. She is someone who's really consistent, really good, knows her role on the team and how to help. I'm excited to see how she can develop, how she can get better. She had a really promising freshman year. I think if it weren't for the incredible play of Alina Torres, that would have been one of the major stories, like you said. Jasmine Hill was incredible, just a little overshadowed by just the sheer dominance of Alina Torres. I think there's a very interesting dynamic on the roster, very solid older leadership, but then we also have the sophomore core of Hill and Elena Torres who are absolutely prepared to step up and take that mantle, and they'll be the ones leading the team following this season once the Hackbarth twins are gone. But it's very interesting how there's a dynamic level in that, and you said that they were batting partners. 
very interesting in that sense. But there's very great leadership core around this team. Another very solid senior leader is second baseman, senior Bella Loomis, played in 24 games last season, batted 322 from Hamilton High School in Chandler, and a very good fielder, had a 951 fielding percentage with 41 putouts on the team. So another one of those very core players who was part of that starting lineup last season, who we'll see back on the diamond. Yeah, she was incredible, a, a great fielder, really consistent. This team is known for its hitting and its damage it does, again, in the batter's box. But do not underestimate, you know, this this infield is really talented. You've got, you know, the incredible Alina Torres, a shortstop. Bella Loomis is good and consistent as you'll ever find in a second baseman. You've got Danae Chapman at first base who did really well in that role last year. And all of them, this team is filled with, experienced senior fifth year junior players who know what they're doing who know how to win who know their role who know how to succeed bell loomis is just you know another example of that another solid great player who knows what play to make and when to make it and doesn't uh you know try to do too much and hurt the team so yeah rounding out last year's returning starters we had you mentioned her senior first baseman danae chapman who played all 29 games they had that season, the fifth player to do so. Five home runs, 539 slugging, 299 average, one of those leaders, alongside their third out of four fifth-year players, who is the designated player, Ali Tatnall, who uh, had an incredible walk-off 11th inning home run against uh, number 10 Kentucky in the Kajikawa Classic last year. A great moment for the team. Another big thing about Ali Tatnall is her eye in the batter's box. She had 60 at-bats last season and 20 walks, which led the team. So very good eye, very patient in the box, and knows how to get on base. Yeah, she's not the designated hitter for no reason. Going back to Danae Chapman real quick, you mentioned the fielding percentage of Bell Loomis. Danae Chapman's fielding percentage is 1,000. So that's Mm -hmm. also incredible. Circling back, back to Allie. Uh, she's not the designated hitter for no reason. She's incredible in the box. Like you said, a very good eye in that walk-off home run. I remember talking to her after the game. She said something like she was talking to, I think it was Coach uh, Jeff Harger, about what to do. And she just said, just tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. A lot of confidence, supreme confidence, supreme ability. It's her second walk-off home run she did the same thing two years ago against utah in a really exciting game so lock of the season if you're a betting person is ali totnall walk-off home run put it in now all right we will hold you to that and we'll see if it happens the last face we'll see who started last season on the team is junior outfielder mckenna harper who started 22 games played in 23 batted 283 and also had 100 percent fielding Again, this is this team is just filled with really solid, developed, understanding players who you know can step up in a pinch and really help the team. McKenna Harper, along with uh, Hallie Harger, both really, really talented, really, really smart players. And yeah, I mean, this team has got just a good, solid pipeline of you know juniors, sophomores, and even seniors who could stay for a fifth year that can really step up once these, you know, big-named fifth years leave the team. And one thing we should say about this team is they only had one player graduate, 
but they are having four players on the roster opt out this season, as well as one who we'll get to who's ineligible because of an in-conference transfer. But that first player who opted out, or one of the four, is third baseman Kiara Kennedy, who opted out for personal reasons, from Desert Vista High School in Phoenix. We hope to see her next season. You can imagine her place may be taken by the redshirt junior transfer from University of Louisiana Lafayette, Brittany Holland. David, you had some stuff to say about her last episode. I know you've gotten to speak with her. Tell us a little bit about Brittany. Well, I think the big thing is that, again, she's just an experienced, solid player. She played one year of JUCO at Central Arizona College, and then she spent three years at University of Louisiana Louisiana at Lafayette. And one thing that Coach Ford had to say about her was that she has seen D1-level pitchers for three years. She has played at this competition for three years. Of course, she has had an unfortunate bout of injuries with her knees. But, you know, assuming everything goes goes good with all the injuries and everything, she should be a major contributor. Very solid, very good hitter, but an experienced infielder. She definitely knows what she's doing, and it'll be exciting to see how she contributes. Of course, we're not 100% sure what's going to happen at the third base position, but that would be a very solid move. Other solid instances in which we could see happen, Hallie Harger, senior. I could see her really stepping up into the third base role. We'll see what happens. And speaking of Harger, let's go ahead and get into our last year's non-starters, which is going to be very important for this schedule with all of the double headers this team's going to have. So first off, junior outfielder Olivia Miller, who played in 19 games, scored eight runs, stole three bases, which is the most of all of the non-starters. Also something that happened very interesting last year was she was awarded the Voice in Sports 2020 for spearheading the Sun Devil Athletics voting initiative where they got 100% of student-athletes registered to vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an incredible leader on and off the field. If you live in the Pac-12 area and you watch Pac-12 games on TV, I'm sure you've seen a commercial that has a bunch of Pac-12 athletes talk about important things like voting and stuff. And Olivia Miller is in those commercials showing the importance of all these things and, you know, student initiative. Like you said, a, a very good leader for the team, very smart player. Very excited to see how she contributes. Fast runner, scored eight runs, so she came in in relief a couple times. You know, we'll we'll definitely see. She had a on-base percentage of six, six, seven, so good stuff. And moving down, we have sophomore outfielder Jordan Van Hook, who played 14 games, started one of them, Pretty big bat, batted 462, and also had three home runs last season. Uh, seven runs on six hits, so a pretty reliable bat that they have in their depth. Yeah, and 13 at-bats, not nearly as much as most of the other starters. So this this number is a little skewed, but we're going to go back to this good old slugging percentage here. Look at this, 1,154. Jude, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is ridiculous. So, you know, very excited to see. Hope she gets more at-bats. That'd be something very cool to see. I don't know if someone could ever top that number. We'll see. That'd be really, that's really cool to see. And we have junior outfielder Yanira Acuna. Played 13 games and started in seven. Had a 167 average, but pretty well out in the field with a 932 fielding percentage. I know we saw her a lot more earlier in the season. Yeah, I remember, I remember talking to Coach Forge. She said just moving things around, kind of seeing which lineups worked best, how to get the best out of out of her players. And yeah, Yanira Acuna looked very good. She was a very good fielder. 
we'll see if she's able to improve in the batter's box. I think that's the next step for her game is to really improve there. But she's a solid starter in the outfield. You know what you're going to get from her. So see how she develops in the batter's box and see if she can take her game to the next step. And you talked about her a little bit just a minute ago. Redshirt junior infielder Hallie Harger, who played 15 games, started in eight, batting 381. Uh, she transferred from Boise State after her sophomore season. So this will be her second year on the Sun Devils. Yeah, and Hallie Harger, daughter of assistant coach Jeff Harger. Very inspirational story. She had to deal with uh, a bout of cancer. And we have a story written by Chris Farendorf, an incredible writer of the state press earlier in the offseason about her fight. Really inspirational stuff. She's a great player. We're really excited to see what she does in a more elevated role this year. She knows what she's doing. Eight starts last year. Again, she is a serious candidate for that third base, starting third base position. So we'll see what Coach Ford has in store for her this year and what her role will look like. Another player I expect we'll see a little bit more this season, sophomore catcher Macy Simmons, who played in 14 games, started in one last season. 3.08 average, had three runs on four hits. Another player we could you know, potentially see stepping up and getting some more time on the diamond, especially with the very demanding schedule the team's going to have, which was also expanded earlier this week. Some games against Cal State Fullerton. And then rounding this off, junior utility Maylee McLemore. 13 games played, one game started. She is a designated hitter. You can even see maybe pitcher Lindsay Lopez. She batted a little bit in that spot last season. Uh, then one player we'll note who opted out was Stella Bennett. Hope to see her next season. And now we've got a couple of freshmen to talk about. And I want to start off talking about infielder Savannah Price from Rio Linda, California. She's a three-time All-State recipient. She was a two-time MVP of her high school's league and posted a 590 batting average through high school. So I think it'll be very interesting. We obviously don't know a whole lot about these freshmen, but I imagine that they'll all play, especially Savannah Price, get some time in the batter's box, and we'll see what kind of impact they make. Yeah, so Savannah Price, her batting average in, in high school, really impressive. Obviously, again, this is a very top-heavy roster. So, you know, we should curb our expectations for a lot of these freshmen just because we, we don't know how much of a role they're going to have with all these fifth-year and uh, senior junior players. This is one of the biggest rosters Trisha Ford has had at ASU. It's a very, very big team. So we will uh, we'll see just what her role is. And it's all about really keeping the program at a very competitive level, especially in the Pac-12, where every team's good. We saw earlier today that they are number four in the Pac-12 coaches' polls, so uh, that's interesting. In her freshman class, there's also outfielder Emily Cazares from Buchanan High School in Clovis, California. Had a 468 batting average through high school and was her conference's player of the year her senior year. There's also catcher and utility player Harley Broswell from Sutter Creek, California, who had 21 home runs in high school, 56 extra base hits, so a lot of big bats from this freshman class. Another name as part of that class is infielder Christiana Watson from Tucson, a two-time Max Preps All-American, and had a 1.709 slugging percentage through high school, David. Big number. But she did choose to opt out for this season, so we'll hope to see her on the field next year. Should we get in some pitching talk? Absolutely. Let's pitching get in some time. pitching talk. 
Let's start off with the Sun Devils ace in the bullpen, right-handed pitcher, a redshirt fifth-year player, Cielo Meza, 10-2 last season with 17 appearances, a sub-2-9 RA, both of those led the team, and she also pitched three complete shutouts. The Sun Devils led the nation last year with 13 shutouts and is one of four Sun Devils on the Softball America Top 100 list where she's number 66. Last year, she really came into her own and really developed as a really consistent player. Man, her stats do all the talking. Again, like you said, 10-2, and two, ERA of 1.98. She was lights out, incredible. Very, very exciting to see her come back. She is one of the you know biggest names on this team up there with the Hackbarth twins and Alina Torres. The team will go how far her ability to pitch will be. So, you know, very exciting to watch. See if she continues to grow off of an incredible 2020 year. And she'll be joined in the bullpen by left-handed pitcher, sophomore Lindsay Lopez, who made nine appearances last year, two starts. She won both of those. 0.55 ERA, which is the lowest in the Pac-12 for last season. Just had one earned run in 12.2 innings pitched. She also threw zero walks. Yeah, um, this is a very thin pitching circle. And... Lindsay Lopez should see a little more contribution than I think, you know, than she was definitely getting last year with Samantha Mejia, like we mentioned, graduating and moving on. And last year's number two, Madison Preston, opting out for the season. So Lindsay Lopez coming in with her .55 ERA, ridiculous, 12.2 innings pitched and .55 ERA. We'll see what she's able to do. Um, she should have a much bigger role. She should be one of the top three pitchers on the team because there are three pitchers on this team. Um, and this is something that, you know, should really be careful of with the pandemic and COVID going around. Very few teams have been able to escape the wrath of the pandemic and walk away unscathed from positive tests and having a very limited and small pitcher's mound and bullpen, that's going to cause some problems in the season. So hopefully nothing crazy happens, but Lindsay Lopez might be getting a uh, pretty big role this year. Absolutely. And you said just three pitchers, which is kind of insane. It's going to be very demanding for all of them. Meza and Lopez are the only returners who will be playing on this roster, the only familiar faces. Madison Preston and Marissa Schold both on the roster. Marissa Schold announced that she was transferring from University of Arizona back in last May, so she'll have two years of eligibility starting next season. Madison Preston opted out for personal reasons, so they just have three arms in the bullpen, one of them being freshman Allison Royalty from Conorith, Texas. Flo Softball had her as the number four prospect from the class of 2020, and Extra Innings had her as the number 38 player in that same class. She took her U18 club to a Premier Girls Fast Pitch National Championship in 2019. Don't know much else about her, but it's going to be a very heavy workload on these three pitchers. Cielo Meza in these four-game weekend doubleheader Saturdays, she's probably going to be starting on Friday and Sunday, making two starts in a week, and that's going to be a lot. I imagine that they'll both see appearances multiple times throughout the week. This may be something that Trisha Ford's going to have to manage very carefully this season. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. The good thing is that all three of these pitchers have a ton of ability and a ton of strength. They're very solid players. You know, we know what we're getting out of Cielo Meza. She's going to be incredible. Lindsay Lopez in her couple appearances last year looked really, really good. 
And then, of course, Allison Royalty. Of course, she has not played any collegiate softball, but she, like Jude mentioned, is a very, very good player. Played really well in high school. So the good thing is that these three pitchers should be pretty good, should be very solid. The poor thing is that, though, there are three pitchers. So Trisha Ford, of course, she deals mostly with the pitchers. This will be something to watch out for as the season goes on. And that is the entire 2021 Sun Devil Softball roster. Made it all the way through it. I don't know if you have any final words before the season starts this weekend. Let's get into it. Absolutely. And we'll be watching all of the games this weekend. And we'll be back after the Kajikawa Classic to sum it up. That will wrap things up for the Club Farrington Fellas podcast number two. Thank you for sticking around for all whatever, how many minutes this was. Hope to catch you next time after the Kajikawa Classic where we will wrap up that fun first weekend of softball. Let's get it, Jude. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Club Farrington Fellas podcast. We'll catch you next time for more on Sun Devil Softball.